How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the heartland of America, coast to coast, no less these days, and live today and here on out in Jacksonville, Florida on WOKV, Dayton, Ohio, and WHIO in Tulsa, Oklahoma on KRMG. Uh, now, you guys who are listening to me in the evenings there, so let me just just pull back the curtain a little bit for the rest of you. So I've been on in delay in the evenings in Jacksonville, Dayton, and Tulsa. These stations are owned by Cox Media Group, which is my flagship station where I'm an employee in Atlanta, uh, part of this group. And they've moved me live and, but for the next week or so, I'm also on in the evening. So if you're listening to me now in the evening in Jacksonville, Dayton, or Tulsa, well, guess what? You can tune in midday, and here I am. Welcome. Now, boy, y'all, <laughs> we got to talk about poor old Joe and and the sanctuary city problem that the Democrats have. Uh, it is, it's, it's not a, it, it's a sad situation. It's a funny situation. Um, it's also just, just not a, um, great situation because there's so much political fallout in this stuff. I I want you to know, by the way, that the sheriff of Athens, Clark County, a video has come out and I, let me just read you the quote. Cause it, it's like a 10 minute interview and I haven't gone through it through to, to, to pilfer. I, I've, I've been busy this morning, but let me read you Sheriff Williams quote. It is not my intention when elected sheriff to cooperate with detainers, meaning from Immigration Customs Enforcement. I see it as the sheriff's responsibility, any law enforcement, to protect and serve the community. That's everybody in athens Clark County community because this is the office that I'm running for. We can't help with a culture of fear in the community and expect the citizens to respond and help us. Because the fact is that a lot of law enforcement is based around community support. Like I just said, building relationships is key. And if we're, I guess, antagonizing people because they are, what, undocumented and documented, then they built this fear in them and they're not likely to come to us, not only when we need their help, but when they need our help. So that's not something we'll be doing. I won't be doing any type of roundups. We won't be attributing to that culture of fear. We want people to respect the police, but we also want them to trust us. In other words, the sheriff in athens Clark County, where Lakin Riley was murdered, said at his election that there would be no roundups of illegal aliens and, in fact, imposed a policy position that if a detainer is sent to the sheriff's office from Immigration Customs Enforcement, they will not hold the illegal alien seeking to be detained unless it's also with a court order to do so, which ICE typically doesn't do because of the time it takes. And also, if they don't get there within 48 hours, they're going to let them out. 
So he created, though the state of Georgia prohibits sanctuary cities, he and those around him created a situation by which it essentially operated athens Clark County as a sanctuary city. Chris Carr is a friend of mine. He's also the attorney general of the state of Georgia. He was on with Steve Ducey on Fox Friends talking about uh, the steps athens Clark County took to make itself a sanctuary city despite Georgia's laws prohibiting it from doing so. Uh, you know, this is the perfect tragic storm of a failed immigration system, dangerous sanctuary cities policies in an environment where DAs won't enforce the law such that law enforcement doesn't feel like it can do its job. Yeah. And I heard about the press conference that the mayor's going to engage in. Well, the first thing he needs to say is he can play word games all he wants. He is part of the team that created the sanctuary cities that they said they knew better than federal law or state law. He needs to start enforcing federal law, working with law enforcement so that people that are in this country illegally are deported. This crime could have could have been avoided if this individual was never here to begin with. And it's true. And this individual came over when Joe Biden was president of the United States in 2022. So what is Joe Biden's response today? The White House has decided there will be no new executive action to secure the border. Now, let me let me step back for just a moment, please. And don't shoot me for saying this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just give you honest analysis here. Y'all know where I stand on the issue, so don't shoot me for saying this. I ran political campaigns for a living and was very successful at doing so. I know politics. Like Mitch McConnell said yesterday in his speech, I I have many faults, but uh, understanding politics, but I understand politics. I forget exactly his, his phrasing. I understand politics. If Joe Biden were to come out and issue an executive order to secure the border, it would be disastrous politics for him. It'd be the right thing to do, but it'd be bad politics for him. The reason it'd be bad politics for him is because the Republican response writes itself, why not sooner? Democrats want to blame the Republicans at this moment and say, had only they passed this compromise plan except Jose Ibarra came into the country in 2022. So if Joe Biden passes an executive order saying let's secure the border under presidential authority like he can do, like he has the power to do, but he says he doesn't, if he does it, well, suddenly you realize he's been full of garbage the entire time. And that would be bad. As a political matter, whether you or I like it politically, he can't do it because he walks into a trap. But you know what Joe Biden is doing today? When Joe Biden ran for president the first time years ago and he was asked about uh, illegal aliens, he essentially said we need to round them all up. In 2008, when Joe Biden ran for president, he wanted to round them all up. But in 2020, when Joe Biden decided to run for president, was asked if sanctuary cities should comply with the federal government, he said no. They should not comply with the federal government. Today, Joe Biden is asking the sanctuary cities of America to comply with the federal government. It's become a political issue. 
The mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, wants to change New York's sanctuary city law. The mayor of New York says that the sanctuary city laws uh, in New York are now so broad and inflexible that he can't hand over illegal immigrant criminals to the feds. And he wants the city to change the law that the city put into effect. Let, let me let me tell you what Republicans should do under reconciliation if they take back Congress and the White House. So what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is a measure, it's a rule in the United States Senate. So every piece of legislation that comes before the United States Senate can be filibustered, except measures passed under reconciliation. And measures passed under reconciliation are twice a year, the United States Senate can consider a budget package, and in that budget package, if it improves the deficit or pays down the national debt, Essentially, if it saves the government money, the Republicans or the Democrats can lump a lot of stuff into reconciliation and pass it and avoid a filibuster no more than two times a year. The Democrats did this with the Inflation Reduction Act. They claimed that all of their measures would wind up saving money, and in fact, none of them did, but they used skewed data. The Congressional Budget Office signed off on it, and they got through it. Republicans can do the same thing, except the Congressional Budget Office, the Democrats have captured that institution. When Republicans get back in, they got a clean house. That's a side story. But here's what Republicans can do, and they can put it under reconciliation. They have to win the Senate and the House and the presidency, and if they do, they can do this very simply and avoid the filibuster. No state, don't make it city, make it state. No state that has within its boundaries any subsidiary governmental entity that has operated as or declared itself to be a sanctuary to illegal aliens shall receive any money from the federal government. That'd save a lot of money, wouldn't it? Because let's say California has just one town that declares itself a sanctuary town. California would get zero dollars. It would force the state legislatures in these states to act. No state that declares itself a sanctuary city shall get a penny from the feds. Save a lot of money because a lot of these states and a lot of these municipalities, they're not going to give up their sanctuary city status. They would rather give up federal tax dollars than cooperate by getting rid of illegal aliens. Make them choose their idol. Make them choose which idol they will worship, the government or the illegal alien. Because it's all idol worship. Let's just be honest here. When you have no God, you become your own God, and ultimately you wind up worshiping the government. You you worship these causes, whatever cause it is. You throw yourself into it as if you're an evangelical missionary going off to the darkest parts of the world to share the gospel, except you're doing it for some cause that you believe is greater than yourself. And in this case, it's protecting illegal aliens from the feds. So Republicans can pass a law that says any state that has any entity within it that declares itself a sanctuary to illegal aliens, that state gets no money. 
And that would solve a lot of our budget problems because California ain't getting jack for anything. Do it. In the meantime, you got Joe Biden saying, hey, guys, sanctuary cities, you need to start cooperating with the feds, please. He's not going to sign an executive order to close the border. He's going to beg his progressive locations in this country to start cooperating with the feds. That's a cop-out, frankly, but it's the best he can do without alienating space. Remember, he just had his New Hampshire moment. George W. Bush against or George H. W. Bush against Pat Buchanan. Bush won New Hampshire, but to this day, most people think he lost it because he got such a black eye by Pat Buchanan. Twenty percent of Michigan voters just rejected Joe Biden in a Democratic primary, and the majority of that vote went to uncommitted, not even to a candidate. It went to I refuse to vote for Joe Biden. And the polling for Biden is brutal out there today. I'm not a morning consult fan. I don't like their polling. It's not a credible pollster in my mind. It's a C-average pollster at best. It's mostly an online poll. Online polling is crap. But people are making a big deal out of it that Biden is behind in every one of the swing states in the morning consult poll. Where it becomes relevant is the polling average. When you combine the online polling and the phone polling, Biden is toast. And everything he does makes it worse. Everything he does makes it worse. It's some brutal, brutal polling out there. And that's the nature. It's it's the nature of Joe Biden. And the Democrats are starting to realize they have a serious problem with Joe Biden. And they're going to need to oust him. They're going to need to shake up the ticket. But they don't know how to figure this out because it's going to take Joe Biden. Mitch McConnell showed the Democrats the way, ironically, for Joe Biden to get off the stage. But Jill Biden, the president's wife, knows if he goes to retirement, he's going to die, and she wants him alive, so she'd rather him in the White House as a vegetable than six feet under as a retired president. It's elder abuse. In the process, he's allowing these progressive locations to abuse their residents by becoming and harboring sanctuary city status. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Dayton, Jacksonville, and Tulsa. Just continuing to remind you guys, I'm now your live host midday. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can hear me in the evenings as well, but hey, for the next week at least. uh, But I wanted to remind you, you can tune in live now midday. All of you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Uh, get the live stream, the show notes, the podcast, uh, the social media links. Follow me on Instagram because my pizza oven arrives tomorrow. Norm McDonald, God bless him. God rest his soul. Norm McDonald had a great, great tweet uh, back in December of 2016. Still on the Internet. Goes viral all the time. This is what he tweeted. What terrifies me is if ISIS were to detonate a nuclear device and kill 50 million Americans. Imagine the backlash against peaceful Muslims. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's right. It's very dry humor, and it's right. It it captures the absurdity of the progressive response. What terrifies me is if ISIS were to detonate a nuclear device and kill 50 million Americans, imagine the backlash against peaceful Muslims. 
Never mind the victims of the nuclear blasts. What about the poor Muslims? The top story in the printed page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution today, killing at UGA fuels immigration debate. It is the Norm McDonald joke as the lead above-the-fold story at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And notice it's killing at UGA, not murder. On in the Inside the AJC, with a different spin on the story, it's UGA slain. Now, by the way, I should note that the author of the story, Killing at UGA, is, a, is, is probably the best reporter at the AJC. He doesn't write the headline. The headline writers write the headline, so don't go blaming Bluestein. Uh, and yes, it is a, a it is a relevant public policy discussion, but also, um, what's a bigger deal? The illegal alien murdering the college student in a city that has set itself up to be a sanctuary city despite state laws prohibiting it to be such? Or the poor plight of the illegal immigrants? What is the bigger story? The backlash against Muslims, of course. <laughs> wow. All right. I, y'all, this makes me laugh. Um, you know how, how it was always a mistake, Joe Biden uh, embraced the phrase Bidenomics. He should have never because Bidenomics was not meant to be flattering. It was a pejorative put forward by Republicans and Biden and the Democrats. They embraced the phrase Bidenomics. Well, they didn't buy the website. Americans for Prosperity did. <laughs> if you go to Bidenomics.com, uh, Americans for Prosperity lays out the economic case against Joe Biden and Bidenomics. It's very funny that they did this. Um, who in the White House failed to buy the website Bidenomics? Who in his campaign? I don't know. But uh, their loss is our gain. Americans for Prosperity has set up Bidenomics.com so you can go learn about just how bad the Biden economy actually is across the nation. Uh, Bidenomics.com. You can also join Americans for Prosperity, become one of their activists uh, at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. You join over 4 million conservative activists around the country fighting back against the excesses of Bidenomics and the left, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Oh, I should not be telling y'all that. I should not. Y'all, so my 15-year-old, he has his father and grandfather's sense of humor. And my son is going to get himself canceled before he makes it out of high school. <laughs> I, I can't even say. It just it wouldn't be appropriate. But he, he has taken a liking to, you know, he likes uh, John Chris, the comedian, really likes John Chris, the, the, the comedian. Uh, he has discovered Shane Gillis. Uh, <laughs> but his favorite is Nate Bergazzi. My son loves Nate Bergazzi. Uh, and uh, what is it, John Mulaney? Um, he, he loves the two of them. I've taken him to their shows, particularly Bergazzi because he's clean. He doesn't use profanity. Uh, my gosh, my kid loves it. I'm just I, – I, the re- only reason I'm thinking about this is he just texted me. Another another absurd joke that's just one day he's going to get punched. <laughs> but they're all so funny. All right. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to actually deal with the problem of Joe Biden's polling. Now, you, you will note, if you're a regular listener to the program, I have tried very hard to avoid for some time the raw politics. And the reason is because I suspect when I'm tired of a topic, y'all are, and I am so done with the 2024 election, and it is February 29th. 
A buddy of mine on Twitter this morning said that in this leap year, we have an extra day because God is smiting us and we have to deal with with our sins. It's like, yes, we have an extra day in the 2024 presidential cycle because God is smiting us. And yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that that is probably the case. The Bloomberg Morning Consult Consult Polling. It's of 798 registered voters, at least in Arizona. Y'all, this is bad stuff for Joe Biden. Let me let me read you. Arizona, Trump up six. Georgia, Trump up six. Michigan, Trump up two. North Carolina, Trump up nine. Nevada, Trump up six. Pennsylvania, Trump up six. Wisconsin, Trump up four. That's brutal. It's bad. Now, you want to know the irony here? You want to know the irony? Don't shoot me for saying it. I'm just telling you what the police say. The polls are around. They've been pretty good so far this year in the primaries. But this is, I find hilarious. I genuinely do find it funny. Just as someone, a, an observer of politics and, and the way this stuff plays out, when you dig into the polling, Americans hate Donald Trump. You may like him, but a majority of Americans hate him. A majority of Americans consider him immoral. And a majority of Americans believe he is unethical and a crook. And he's beating Joe Biden. He's mopping. (laughs) Americans hate Donald Trump. They don't like him. They think he's an immoral crook. And they want him to be their president. When Joe Biden is on the other side. It's so bad. Frank Luntz points out Joe, uh, Joe Biden won six of the seven swing states in 2020. They're adding in North Carolina's one. He's losing all seven. That's how bad it is. It's just brutal. I mean, this this is from Bloomberg News. Biden confronts deep voter concerns about his age. He's grappling with tough challenges from foreign wars to a southern border and crisis. Notice how it's a crisis now. Notice that the media, now they want to blame the Republicans for not passing that that compromise plan. Suddenly they're using the word crisis. They haven't used the word crisis the whole time. Now they think they can blame Republicans. Aha, it's a crisis now. Biden is grappling with tough challenges from foreign wars to a southern border and crisis. None is trickier than his age. Eight in 10 voters in key presidential states said Biden, age 81, is too old. That's almost double the share that said the same about the likely Republican opponent, Donald Trump. You know the irony here. If Donald Trump is elected in 2024, he'll be the same age Joe Biden was when he was elected in 2020. Even core groups of Biden's 2020 coalition, which he must reassemble, harbor those concerns. Majorities of black voters, majorities of young voters, and majorities of women say he's too old. Seven in ten voters who say they plan to vote for Biden again say he fits that description. At 77, Trump is not much younger than Biden, yet voters are more likely to describe him as mentally fit or in good health. Remember when the media made such a big deal about Donald Trump moving slowly down that ramp? 
I, I just the whole focus and fixation of the American media at that time was about, oh, is, does he have dementia? Do we need the 25th Amendment? Notice how quiet the same people are about the 25th Amendment now. The numbers show the depth and breadth of voter concern that Biden is no longer fit to serve as commander-in-chief, which have often has overshadowed his achievements and proven to be a problem for his campaign staff. It's not as if they can turn back the clock. Biden has tried a number of ways to prove to Americans he's up to the task. He parried age consumer concerns with humor, including a Monday appearance on Late Night with Seth Meyers, in which he turned the tables on Trump by saying his predecessor couldn't remember his wife's name at a recent event. Except, did y'all, I don't watch Seth Meyers. Life is too short. But did you see the clip? Because I saw the clip. Every time Joe Biden is asked to reassure people about his age, he has a brain fart. He's like, uh, uh, I'm fine. Oh, he's got a stutter. I'm sorry. You can have a stutter. I grew up with a stutter. I grew up with a stutter. When I was a kid, my parents used to describe it as my mouth got ahead of my brain, which is still a problem if we're honest, but in different ways. But I would stutter. I would trip over my tongue. I would, I mean, I I would stutter. There are times when I, particularly when I'm tired, I go back to it. So I'm sympathetic. Biden does have a documented stutter. But you know what is not a stutter? Mixing up Egypt and Mexico when you're trying to hold the press conference to tell everyone you're mentally fit for the job. Not being able to phrase an answer is not stuttering. Oh, yes, yeah, stuttering. Your, your, your mouth can open and the words can come out garbled. I get that. But not being able to make a comprehensive, comprehendable response. That's not stuttering. That's dementia. Here's the thing. Polling from Bloomberg Morning Consult, it's not great quality polling. It's just not. Morning Consult polls are online polls. Online polls are voluntary polls. They pool people together who they think might wish to be polled, and they poll them. It's a volunteer thing, and online polling oversamples the well-off and the partisan activists and not the normal people of America who just don't really care but are engaged. But the phone polling is just as bad. In the Real Clear Politics polling average, Donald Trump is up precisely two points, 47.1 to 45.1. He's never been ahead. In 2016 and 2020, Trump was never ahead. In the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven polls, he's ahead in five of the seven. One is tied. And one is Biden ahead. Quinnipiac has a bias to the Democrats, a historic bias to the Democrats. Quinnipiac has oversampled Democrats the last four elections in a row. And it's only got Biden up four. He should be up six in Quinnipiac to actually be ahead. The Economist YouGov poll has him tied. Morning Consult has Trump up one. Harvard Harris has Trump up six. Harris X has has Trump up four. It's the same pollster as Harvard, uh, but they use a different methodology. Quinnipiac, Biden up four. Rasmussen, Trump up six. Emerson, Trump up one. 
Of the latest polls, the only good pollsters are YouGov and Emerson, and one has a tie and one has Trump up one. This is ridiculously bad for the president of the United States, the incumbent president of the United States, against a man everybody hates. And again, listen, don't get defensive with me on that, uh, and don't get mad at me for saying this. This is shorthand. Most Americans really don't like Donald Trump. You may. You can be a partisan supporter of Donald Trump. God bless you for that. But you need to understand when you're in the minority, and most Americans don't like him, but they're going to vote for him anyway. That's what's so staggering about this. Let me give you the actual swing states here. The 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 poll and again the polling average. The polling average for Arizona, Trump up 5.5. The polling average for Nevada, Trump up 7.7. So listen, the general rule of thumb in Nevada because Clark County, that's Las Vegas, it's so dominant, a Republican needs to be up 5 points statewide to win Nevada and in the polling average, Trump is up 7.7. And in the New York Times Unipol, the best pollster in 2022, the most accurate, they dialed it in, they got it right in 2022, Trump is up 11 points in Nevada. By the way, I should note for those of you who are out there listening to me right now in Nevada on KXNT, I'll be out there in May. I got a big meeting I got to go to. Oh, I'm going to have fun too, but it's actually work. In Wisconsin, Trump's up one point in the polling average. In Michigan, Trump's up 3.6 points. In fact, there is not a, in one, two, three, four, five, in the last five polls in Michigan, Trump's won every single one of them. In Wisconsin in the last five polls, Biden won one, two of them are tied, and the most recent two are Trump. In Pennsylvania, in the polling average, and this is where the polling average is important, in the polling average, Biden is up eight-tenths of a point. Of the last five polls, he's won three of the last five. The only one where Trump's up big is the morning consult online poll. In North Carolina, Trump's up 5.7% in the polling average. And in Georgia, which has had better, longer, more consistent polling, Trump's up 6.5%. He's up 6.5%. Now, as you know, there's an electoral college. So how does this play out? Let's say Biden wins Pennsylvania. But Trump wins the others. That's 293 Electoral College votes for Donald Trump. He needs 270 to win. If he wins Michigan, you know what? Let's even give Wisconsin. Let's give Wisconsin to Joe Biden because Trump's barely up there. He's barely up. Democratic governor, Democratic secretary of state gives him some advantage. It's very, very close within the margin of error. Let's give it. Let's give Wisconsin and Pennsylvania to Joe Biden because we're charitable, good Christians here. Joe Biden is ahead in Pennsylvania and Trump is not ahead by a single point in Wisconsin. It's like a half a point or so, eight tenths of a point. That still gives the Republicans 283 Electoral College votes. Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Michigan. That's not that that's that's not good. Listen, here's the math of the Electoral College. You know, so to win the presidency, you, when you go to the polls in November, you don't actually vote for president of the United States. I know you think you do, but you don't. What you actually do 
is you vote for your preference of Electoral College members. You want the Electoral College members who say they support Trump versus the Electoral College members who say they support Biden. The actual election of the President of the United States happens on December 17th of each year. Unless that's a Sunday, then it happens on December 18th. That's when the Electoral College meets and the Electoral College votes for president. But the Electoral College, with very rare exception, goes with the majority vote of their state. And if you take the Electoral College today out of the gate, it's 235 Republican, 226 Democrats, 77 Electoral College votes up for grabs. We know how the other states are going. I mean, you know Alabama's going for Donald Trump. You know California is going for Joe Biden. The only swing states out there really, even North Carolina is not really a swing state. Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, those are the swing states. And Trump's ahead in all but one. In Wisconsin, he's up barely. But you give all of them but Pennsylvania, Wisconsin to, to Joe Biden, or give them all to Trump except Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, give those charitably to Joe Biden, Donald Trump still wins. Democrats Y'all are headed to disaster, and you're going to be the ones in November say, the polls are wrong. We don't believe the poll. We don't want to look at the polls. Polls are designed to tell us how to vote, and we're not going to vote that way. We're going to go vote for Joe Biden. The polls are wrong until they're right. Y'all are walking into this. Mitch McConnell has shown you the path out of it, and Joe Biden, he will not. Somebody is going to start putting marbles on the steps at the White House to try to get that guy to retire. My goodness gracious. Now, I want to get you guys, speaking of those of you, KRMG, Tulsa, Oklahoma, there's a bank. It is headquartered in Oklahoma. It's called Old Glory Bank, and I love them. They're my bank. They actually are my bank. I have a checking account with them. I have a savings account with them. And you know why I use them? Because, one, it's great bank. Online bill pay is fantastic. Their, their website is fantastic. Their debit card is gorgeous. But also, it was designed by conservatives for conservatives. They have an online banking bill of rights. So, for example, they're not going to just willy-nilly hand your transactions over to the feds like some banks do. They're not going to spy on what you're buying. They're not going to prohibit you from transactions you want. Like you want to go to use your debit card at a gun store, they're not going to stop you, unlike some banks and credit unions. They're family-friendly as well. You can get your kids a checking or savings account. There will be no fees on the checking and savings accounts. You can get mortgages with them, uh, VA, conventional, FHA. You, they're, they're a legit bank, and they're great. They're nice people, too. They're really nice people. They are conservatives. They share your values, and they started the bank because they've seen these debanking trends around the country, and they want to be exactly the opposite. They want to be a bank for conservatives. Their website is oldglorybank.com. You can get an account with them in less than eight minutes. I got a checking and savings account. They've got great interest rates for the savings account. Account. My kids' bank accounts are there, and they don't get charged fees, so they're not getting wiped out. Their their little amount of money in their bank account is not getting eaten up by bank fees. All you have to do is go to oldglorybank.com. You can sign up today. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The lawyers make you say those things, but it's true. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Terms and conditions apply. Check out Old Glory Bank today. Hello, my friends. It is Eric Erickson here. Those of you in Dayton and Tulsa and Jacksonville, remember I'm live now, noon to 3 Eastern, 11 to Central. You can hear me in the evenings. And if you're listening in the evenings, just a reminder that I've moved time slots now on your station. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you text the word Eric. To 33777, you can get the show notes, the live stream, the podcast, all that. But I want to give you a different word. Engage, E-N-G-A-G-E. 
If you text that word, engage, you can get tickets to the conference in August. Um, maybe we should reach out and invite McConnell. I, you know, I've never met the man. I've never even talked to the man. I've always been an opponent of his uh, in everything. Maybe at the end, maybe I should sit on stage with him and, and ask him questions and engage in conference uh, conversation with him. But we're going to have the governor of Montana and Georgia there. We're going to have candidates from Pennsylvania. Uh, I've reached out to the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, hoping to get him there as well. A lot of others just text engage to 33777. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluation within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.